Hey, good morning and happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Let's stand together this morning and worship Jesus.
that truth that's the reality of our God he's pursuing our hearts he's pursuing each and every single one of us and the reality is that he loved us first he loved us before we ever even chose to love him and if we think about kind of how our culture and our society perceives love it's it's kind of only love if you're gonna have that love get reciprocated only put your heart down if you can guarantee that you're not gonna get hurt but that's actually counter the love of God. That's what makes that whole idea so reckless is because he loved us and he lavished us with love as evidenced by the cross before we ever even turned to him, before we ever even accepted him, before we ever even chose him. And how amazing is that to know that there is nothing that you can do, there's nothing that you have done that can separate you from the love of God. That's incredible. And so if, if we just keep that at the forefront of our minds this morning as we worship, what would our worship look like? How would it look different? You know, you know, the Bible talks about in Psalm 29, David talks about ascribing to the Lord the praise that he deserves. And so that's what we're doing as we sing these songs out to God. As we open our hearts to him and as we raise our voices, we're ascribing to him the praise that he deserves and all his goodness and all his splendor. And so let's just open our hearts this morning. Let's just say, God, you deserve it all. I'm going to give you the highest praise because you deserve it all. And so we're going to sing that out. And I just want you to put away all thoughts, whatever is heavy on your heart. Just let it go. Just release it. Just focus in on God and give him all the glory and all the praise. Amen.
God, you deserve all of our praise. You alone are worthy of all of our praise, God. The King of kings and Lord of lords, creator of the universe, yet you love each and every single one of us, God. God, we embrace it. We thank you for it, Lord. And we just want to lift up our praise because you are worthy, God. You are always worthy in every season, in every trial, in every circumstance. You alone are worthy of all praise, Jesus. So we praise your name this morning. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. God, be with pastors gay and buddy as they deliver the message. God, let us just be receptive to your word this morning, God. What do you want to speak to us about? Let us respond. Let us embrace these moments together, Father, in your presence. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. All right, ready to go. 
Uh, happy Father's Day, fathers. How many fathers do we have here? Oh, look at all the fathers. I commend you for being in church today. That is awesome. How many people here have had a father? <laughs> it's really not a trick question. <laughs> but I always get a little concerned about those that don't raise their hand. I'm not sure. <laughs> you did. <laughs> well, uh, I need, you can see back here, we're going to have a little bit of fun, right? So I need four fathers. Four fathers that are very shy and don't like to be in front of other people. <laughs> Come on up, Joe. All right, there's one. All right, right there. There's another one. We got a couple big guys. So, Carlos, come on up, Carlos. Yeah, you don't get up here very often. Never, he says. And then, uh, I, is there one over there? Jim, you want to come on up then? All right. No, let's do this. Who is the youngest father here? Is there anyone that is 18? 19? You're 19? Oh, okay. Okay, come on up, Jim. Wow, look at this display of fathers. Are they wonderful or what? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, it's called... It's time to play Flippin' Fathers. Flippin' Fathers. All right, you guys are flippin' fathers, right? Now look, each one of you are going to get one of these lovely gifts. Is that amazing? I'm telling you, I think I was inspired because Buddy wanted a flipper. And so he said, let's get those for all the fathers. Uh, there you go. There you go. All right, so here's how it's going to work, guys. You're going to stand right here at this little white line, and you're going to take one of these burrs. You've got to take a bite out of it. Uh -huh, just kidding, it's Play-Doh. Okay, so you're going to uh, put it on here, and then you're going to flip onto that grill. And uh, what we've been doing so far is whoever gets the most burgers wins that grill. Yes, wins that grill. Now, uh, in all the services so far, the most burgers flipped on that grill is six. Six. So who's going to go first? Who's going to be our first flipping father? So we're in competition with the other two. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Come on up here, Jim. You can go first. The one that goes last gets to learn from those that go first. Now, don't you dare go over that line or you'll be disqualified. Okay? Now, we're going to put, he is, we're going to put 30 seconds up on there. And as you notice, we've got a GoPro. Now, you don't win the GoPro. Okay? But the GoPro's in the grill. And uh, we're going to put 30 seconds. And when that goes off, look, he's right up to the line. Don't go across, Jim. Oh, it's right here. Right there. And it's, you can see it up there. We'll see the burgers you flip. So, so okay. Ready? Let's go. Pretty good. Thank you. 
You can stay up here and cheer the other guys on if you want to. All right, who's going to go second? Whoa, we're going to count that one that goes down through there. Four is really good. Okay, Carlos, here you go. Wait for your 30 seconds. Thank you, Tone. Yeah, cheer him on. I love that. Okay, you ready? 30 seconds. Whoa, that one doesn't count. Sorry. No. Oh. Oh. All right. Yeah. Oh. Oh, now that's a flipping father right there. Here we go. Kick up. Oh, those burgers look really good. All right. Oh, look, he's getting You can see he's got a style already. Okay, here we go. 30 seconds. Whoa. Yeah. between these two guys. All right, 30 seconds. Don't go over that line, Joe. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> isn't this awesome? It's got a bottle opener. It's got a little serrated. I'm telling you, this is quality. Okay, where are my trusty people that are going to hand those out? Fathers, if you would stand up, we honor you today. You get this lovely gift. Now, don't swat anyone during the service with this. They'll pass them out. And uh, Rich is going to continue with some announcements. Well, as you can see, we have a lot of fun here at Sandal Fields Community Church. So if you are a guest with us, this is kind of the norm. We love to have a lot of fun, and we love to worship Jesus. And so you couldn't have picked a better place to come and visit today. And so if you are a guest with us, hopefully you got a connection card when you came in. Uh, if you could just fill that out, there's going to be some buckets that come by during this next song. Just drop it in there. 
or go out, go out to the first-time guest table that's out in the lobby. Uh, we got a special gift for you out there. We just want to be able to say hey and welcome you to the church. Uh, we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. This is, again, another way that we're able to worship Jesus here at Salem Fields Community Church by giving the first fruits of what he's given us. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. And so this is just a way for us to say, you know what, God, you are Lord over my life, and I want to honor you by giving you the first fruits of what you have given me. And so there are many ways that you can give. You can give cash or check as the buckets come by. You can give at one of the giving kiosks, debit or credit out there. Uh, you can give if you are online by clicking that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or as always, you can give through the Salem Fields Community Church app. And I say this all the time, if you have not downloaded the Salem Fields Community Church app, definitely need to be doing that because it is amazing. So many cool resources, and it's just such a tool. Everything Salem Fields Community Church right in the palm of your hand. So I want to encourage you to do that. Also, while you have your cell phones out, if you want to check into Facebook or tweet on Twitter or Instagram a picture of yourself or even Instagram Live, the service right now, I keep saying that in every service and everyone looks at me like I'm speaking a foreign language. So uh, maybe it's just for the younger kids. But either way, uh, just spread it on social media. And you know what? Someone's going to see that and they're going to want to join you at church. And maybe they, you can even invite them to come with you next week. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. Uh, so I want to try to get through just a couple of quick things. Uh, last week we told you guys that we are going to do a... Uh, little thing at uh, Asbury Manor Senior Apartments. We're going to be doing an ice cream social there and just a way that we're able just to to serve uh, the people within that community. And so the students are kind of leading this, but it is open to everyone. So if you want to go and serve and just uh, have a blast, you can email missions at SalemFields.com for more information about that. That's June 22nd at 6 p.m. Also coming up, uh, our middle schoolers are going to be having their Ignite Missions Week. That's going to be taking place July 9th through the 13th. This is just a way these middle schoolers can go, 6th through 8th grade, can go and serve all these other communities and be the hands and feet of Jesus for a week. And it's just an incredible time. So go ahead, get your middle schoolers signed up for that. If you want more information about that, just email students at SalemFields.com. Well, we're excited. We're launching a class beginning July 1st. It's on a Sunday. It's going to take place for 12 weeks. Every Sunday at 6 p.m., a couple of the pastors here are going to be teaching this class. And it's really just the basic foundations of the faith. And so we're going to kind of cover everything. It's just going to be a great time for you to really just grow and learn more. And so I want to encourage you guys to be a part of that. If you want more information about that, uh, you can come and visit me out at the small groups table after service. Um, you don't need to sign up for this. You can just show up uh, the night of or whenever you can within those sessions. And so just want to encourage you. It's going to be a great time. If you want more information about that and you can't sign of the table, just email info at salemfields.com. We'll do everything to answer those questions. Uh, lastly, you're here on a Sunday morning, but just wanted to remind everyone that we will not have service on Saturday night on June 30th. Uh, this is just a way because that's kind of the 4th of July weekend, and so we just want to be able to kind of just take that night off to enjoy the fireworks. But we will still have service on that Sunday morning, July 1st at 9 and 11. And really just wanted to remind you and encourage you to be a part of that because that's going to be a very special service. Pastor Gay is going to be talking about suicide, and it's a very relevant and important uh, topic and conversation that we need to have. And so both from a, a counseling perspective and also from a pastoral perspective, 
speaker. She's going to bring a lot of insight, just really going through what the Bible has to say. Um, and so it's just going to be a really informative weekend. really want to encourage you guys to be a part of that and invite anyone that you know that is either wrestling with that or even just that uh, really just needs to um, kind of hear those truths. And so I want to encourage you guys to be a part of that. Well, we are so thankful that you are celebrating Father's Day with us here at Salem Fields Community Church. And we're going to continue to worship with our tithes and offerings in this song that honors you dads out there. Lately I've been noticing they say the same things he used to say. I even find myself acting the very same way. Set my fingers on the table to the rhythm in my soul. I jingle the car keys when I'm ready to go. When I look in the mirror, he's right there in my eyes, staring back at me. And I realize the older I get, the more I can
life is always fair. I really enjoy repeating myself over and over again. I just love when the kids talk back to me. I don't care if you get a job this summer. I don't care if you get detention. Uh, I can't open this jar. See if mom can open it. Just take your time in there, okay? No means maybe. Hey, why don't you bring that ball inside and play with it? Hey, don't put that back where you found it. Just leave it on the floor. Ew, bacon. If you put a dent in the car, it's really no big deal. It's 10 a.m. Go back to bed. Look, whatever your friends are doing, just do the exact same thing. I got more than enough sleep last night. If your friends are okay with it, then I'm okay with it. Stop signs are just a suggestion. You don't need a chaperone. You don't need a seatbelt. You don't need a savings account. You should buy the jeans with the holes in them. Hey, we're all gonna go to church, but you can just sleep in, okay? Can we please just hang out in here for another 10 minutes? Hey, can we get some more bickering back there? All right, bills! Yay, traffic! Woohoo, taxes! Yes! Laundry! Hey, can you kids come in here and jump on my bed? Quick, go tell mom what happened right away. You don't need to finish your dinner. Hey, look at your phone when I'm talking to you. I wish I had a smaller TV. We got you that phone for a reason. Texting boys. All right, everyone, listen up. Mom and I are going out of town this weekend, so please, mess up the whole house while we're gone. Please throw a few parties while we're gone. Please forget about the dog entirely while we're gone. Hey, when you're finished pouring that, can you just leave it out on the counter all day? Thanks. Hey, what are you doing? I'm gonna bungee jump out of this tree. That's a really good idea. Boy, dads say a lot of stuff, don't they? <laughs> You've heard yourself say a couple of those things in there. Well, how many dads here remember the day you came, became a father for the first time? You remember that day? It's burned in your brain forever, isn't it? It was, it was pretty special. Well, I don't know if any of you remember, but way back in the day, dads weren't allowed in when the baby was born. They were supposed to wait in the waiting room. And there were three dads, three expectant dads that were waiting in the, the waiting room. And the nurse comes out, and the nurse says to the first dad, uh, you just had twins. And the dad says, well, that's a coincidence. I play for the Minnesota Twins. And so the nurse comes out, talks to the second dad, and uh, says to the second dad, well, you just had triplets. And the dad says, well, that's really crazy because I work for 3M. <laughs> you know what 3M is? <laughs> Everybody seems to know that. And then uh, the, the third dad just falls on the floor. And like the, the nurse goes over and says, what, what is wrong? And he says, I work for 7UP. <laughs> I can't take credit for that. Buddy always gets me my jokes. That one really worked. <laughs> well, Buddy and I, uh, he was my coach. We did back in the 70s. You know, women had to prove they were something. And so I did Lamaze, and that means no drugs, girls, no drugs. And uh, so we went through this coaching thing where he had to teach me to breathe, and we got in there, and I was having that baby, and I got a little angry at him because he was trying to tell me what to do. And Buddy usually is very kind of let me have my way with everything. But he took my arm and he said, get back on your breathing. <laughs> 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 
And it worked, and I did, and we had that little girl, and wow, the rest is history. That was a long time ago. But you know, uh, we only had one child. It wasn't by choice. It's the way it worked out. But uh, many of you have multiple children. Don't you wish that you would have had a manual, like a, you know, a car gets a manual, and, and once that baby is born, then it just tells you how to raise that child into just this most wonderful person. Uh, I, I wish that, but I've heard that when you have the second child, the first child doesn't even teach you how to do the second child, nor the third. They all seem to be very different, don't they? It's a real challenge, and especially as a father, but fathers are so, so very important. So happy Father's Day, men, and uh, we're so thankful that you're here, especially in church, and uh, it's really important. You're setting an example. Uh, no matter how old your children are, you're saying it's really important to be in church. The way that Father's Day came about, Sonora Dodd, a long time ago, she was born in 1882, and she lived until 1978, and uh, she was from Spokane, Washington, and she had heard a Mother's Day message, and she said, well, I would really love to honor my father because her father was a Civil War veteran, which was really, really important and significant. But she said, beyond that, my father is a, a widower. He has six children, and he has a farm. And I'm just blown away at the kind of father that he is. And so she wanted a Father's Day, and it wasn't until 1972 that President Nixon signed into law Father's Day. Isn't that amazing? She got to see it just a few years before she died. But fathers are now celebrated around the world. Isn't that interesting that something happened in the heart of Sonora Dodd? And now Father's Day, and, you, and fathers are honored, have, have that day all around the world. In Spain and Belgium, they celebrate Father's Day on March 19th. And in Australia, New Zealand, fathers are honored on the first Sunday in September. And in Britain, Canada, and the U.S., Father's Day is celebrated when? Yeah, you got it, today. <laughs> so that means, fathers, you are worthy of being celebrated. No matter how you judge yourself, the fact that you are a father means that you deserve a medal. And a lot of times those medals come in little uh, drawings that you get from a Sunday school or from, from a school or whatever. That's a medal that you get. You deserve that. In the Bible, the word father is found 1,100 times. That means that, that father is really, really important. Yet in our culture, and I've seen this in probably the, the past decade, in commercials and in sitcoms and in other shows on TV or in the media, it, it seems that, that the role of father and fathers have kind of been dumbed down. You know, that fathers kind of... Uh, uh, they, I, I don't know if it's because maybe writers have not had good experiences with their fathers or, or what has happened, but for some reason, uh, fathers have kind of taken a pounding, uh, being somewhat devalued in our culture. You know, I was talking to a father right after the last service, and he said, you know, there are so many superheroes in the world now. There's so many uh, uh, athletic stars that our kids are looking to them. And we're, we're really not, that father-son uh, or daughter relationship is not as emphasized in our culture today. There are, you know, c 
culture can have a powerful way of influencing our relationships and our homes, and it seeps down into the church. And uh, too often, fathers measure themselves then by a standard that isn't realistic, by failures or by success, instead of by the person that God created you to be. And discovering your identity in Christ, it makes all the difference. And uh, I, I, I just have to tell you here at Salem Fields Community Church, we will not, especially me, will not stand for fathers to be devalued or to be dumbed down. The role that God designed as father is so significant, so important. I've never been one, but I've been in how many, many counseling sessions where I've heard the heart of fathers. And I know the responsibility that you carry. I know the expectations that you have of yourself. And I know how many times probably the greatest fear that you have is the fear of failure. And I know that the outside behaviors may look one way, but I know and I've heard the hearts of many, many fathers. And I know where that's at, the desire to be all that you, that you need to be. It's a heavy load that you carry. You know, um, it's, it's said, and I believe this, that a father is every son's first hero. When that boy is really, really little, the father is the son's first hero and every daughter's first love. And I know for my father, I had him for 15 years, and then he passed away. 15 years was very short. But I know that he taught me how a man should treat a girl. He loved me. There was no sexual relationship there. It was very much a father-daughter love relationship, and he taught me what that kind of relationship is to look like. And it's carried throughout my life. Uh, it's carried uh, all the way. It's still woven into the fabric of who I am. It's a very, very important, a beautifully designed role that God gave. That in itself is proof that fathers deserve medals. Fathers deserve to know how awesome you are. Now, Mark Twain said this, he said, he said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I was 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in seven years. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, there, as we get older, we understand that there were some things that maybe our parents did that we didn't like at the time, but it was really because, buddy's going to talk to you about that today. It's a tough role sometimes because you're not really loved uh, all the time because you have, to, you have to set the bar. But honoring a father means paying homage to the one who's responsible for giving you the gift of life. You know, many times, buddy and I both worked with students years and years ago. And uh, in the Bible, it says, honor your mother and your father. And a student would always ask, always ask, well, how can I honor a parent that hits me? Or how can I honor a parent that talks down to me? And we would, we would always tell them, if that, that father has made you, and his DNA has made you, he gave you life. And oftentimes we have to begin to separate the behavior from understanding and, and celebrating that life was given to us by our father. And from that point on, then we have to learn how to, to deal with those issues in, in life that are very difficult. You may have had a father that, that wasn't the kind of role model that you'd like to be. I had a um, young, uh, or a father last week, I was at a graduation party, and 
he was standing there saying a few words about his son, and they had their arms around each other. And he started out by saying, my father left when I was eight years old. But he said, I determined that I was going to be a father to my son. And his son was there about to go off to college. And he broke the cycle. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we're at. We can break the cycle. And we can begin to set an example. And the only way to do that, because you know fathers are not perfect, right? You know that, right? <laughs> oh, I didn't hear much. <laughs> You're supposed to go, whoo, like that. Fathers are not perfect, right? Okay, and you need to set the example to your children that you can't be perfect. You have to teach them how to make mistakes and how to respond in ways. And the only way that you can do that is when you look to the Lord as your example because our Father in Heaven is the perfect example, the only one, the only one. And so cut yourself a break. Teach your kids how to make mistakes. That's a very smart thing to do. So dads, Buddy and I want you to know how much we appreciate you and how much we elevate you and how important you are not only in your homes but in the, in, at Salem Fields Community Church. And we want you to leave here today. We want you to be challenged because all of us need to be challenged. If we just stay the same, then we'll never grow. But we want you to be challenged, but we also want you to be encouraged. And we want you to know how important you are. Fathers, you may not think of yourself as very important or even a huge success in life. Maybe you don't make a lot of money or you don't lead a large group of people or you haven't invented amazing gadgets. Maybe life has beaten you down a little bit and maybe there's some confidence that you wish you had that you don't have. You might not even think of yourself as a big deal, but I can tell you this. No matter how old your children are, fathers, you are a big deal. You're a big deal in their life. And that makes you indispensable. And so I believe the very fact that there are so many fathers in church today says that this world could be turned upside down by some incredible relationships because you've chosen to be here today. So Buddy's going to come and he's going to give you some reasons to salute your dad no matter what. And this is an awesome father right here. Give him a hand. Thank you. Happy Father's Day, dads. Thank you. It's uh, good to be here with you today. I, I want to say happy Father's Day to my dad. He watches online once in a while. So dad, if you're online, happy Father's Day and happy Father's Day to Jason, the, the father of my grandchildren, a good, good father. To my grandchildren and I salute him today and say happy Father's Day to him as well. Well today I want to give you kind of an owner's manual so to speak or a manual from the Bible on about how to be a good father. You know we as Gay said we don't uh, we got this child and we say oh now what's next or how do we do this and uh, the Bible's filled with uh, filled with ways to be a good father and uh, you know I had 12 or 14 of them I said man that'll take the rest of the day uh, so I cut it down a little bit, but the Bible is a great, great handbook on how to be a good father. The first thing uh, that I see in the Bible to be a good father is a good father loves his children's mother. A good father loves his children's mother. Now, this goes whether you're married or divorced. So you're not off the hook if you're divorced and you left this person because they're a horrible person in your mind. Uh, but uh, 
you know, it's important that if you're no longer with your children's mother, that you speak well of that mother to your children, and that you learn to love something about that mother, um, that you can show love to them so that your children can know that you love their mother. They may no longer be your wife, but their mother will always be their mom. So it's important, dads, that if you're here and you're divorced, that if you're kind of struggling with that mom, that you find a way to show your children that there's something about her that you love and keep the rest of it to yourself. Uh, you see, your, your children watch how you treat their mother and they're learning and forming their concept, their, uh, their picture of marriage. They learn that from you. If they see you show disrespect for your wife, your son will carry disrespect to his wife right into his marriage. If you treat and speak harshly to their mother, your daughter will expect to be treated that way in her marriage and she'll allow her husband to disrespect her as well. If you treat their mother like she isn't worth very much, what you're doing is you're damaging the home, the family, and the marriage, and that will carry right into your children's marriage as well, right into their marriage, right into their homes, and right into their family and their children. As Gay said, we can break that cycle if we're caught in that cycle. But if they visibly uh, see you show love and respect to their mom, your son will learn how to be a good husband and father himself. If you honor their mother, your daughter will never be satisfied with a man who dishonors her. She won't allow that in her life. If you cherish their mother as a valuable part of your life, not only your life, but their life, that will be their model for marriage. And so the first thing that we can do if we're a father is to love our children's mother. Ephesians says, 528 says, so husbands ought to love also, let me start over. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his own wife loves himself. Next, a good father doesn't expect his children to be perfect. Now, just like there are no perfect fathers, at least I don't think there are, there are no perfect children. You see, fathers, don't expect your children to be perfect. Don't expect them to live up to all of your expectations to be what you want them to be. You know, I've been around a long time, and uh, as Gay said, we worked with students before we worked with uh, uh, adults, uh, but uh, I've found that too many fathers uh, try to live out their lives through their children. You see, they want, uh, they want their sons to be a football uh, star, maybe because they could never be a football star. And so they want to live life through their children. They want their daughters to reach some level of success that they never achieved or at least marry someone who is successful. Every child, though, and I, every child is different from you. And every child is different from each other, but every child is different in a lot of ways. You know, it's, it's natural for your children to mess up. They are going to mess up. Children mess up. We mess up. They spill milk on the counter. They accidentally break things. Did you see the latest in that community center out in Kansas where this family was in this uh, like uh, community center and there was this $130,000 statue on the wall? Just happened. 
and the child pulled it off the wall, broke it, and the city billed the family for $137,000. It happens. The first thing that went to my mind, through my mind, I thought, boy, I hope this mom and dad are loving parents. I hope they're not abusive parents because that's a big deal. <laughs> you know, kids do poorly on tests. They don't pass every test. They don't, they don't excel in the same subjects that you excel in. Uh, anyway, something went through my mind there, and I'm not going to say it, Kelly. Um, <laughs> I love you, Kelly. <laughs> you know, our kids get angry. Our kids get lonely. Our kids get sad. They go through difficult times. They're not perfect like you and I were when we were kids. You know, accept your children for who they are, whether they're awkward or athletic. You know, whether they're absent-minded or smart. You know, whether they're shy or outgoing. Accept them whether they're goofy or they're classy. You know, we need to, we need, if we need not criticize our children for their imperfections. And, and, and it would be good if we could start acknowledging, if we don't already, start acknowledging the good things about them and love them just like they are, just like God created them to be. We, God created them to be something. He knit them together in their mother's womb, and they're fearfully and wonderfully made, and we somehow want to change that person from the, God, the person that God created them to be into the person we think they ought to be. And so love them the way God created them. They aren't perfect, and they never will be. So don't expect our children to be perfect. The Bible says, fathers, don't make your children resentful, or they will become discouraged. Okay, so love your children's mom, accept that they're not perfect, and next, enjoy. A good father enjoys his children. Psalms 127.3 says, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. They're a gift from the Lord. You see, children are a gift from God, just like that fabulous spatula that you got today uh, is, a, is a gift from your church. That spatula is to be enjoyed flipping some burgers or some steaks or whatever you fix on the grill. That gift is to be enjoyed, and our children are a gift from God, and God really wants us. He gave us that gift so that we would enjoy them. You know, children are not a burden. Children are not a burden. They are a gift. And they're not to be avoided or ignored, but to be enjoyed. But in order to enjoy them, you got to spend time with them. You know, you got to have fun with them. You got to share life with them. You got to be present in their life. You got to be a part of their lives. You got to know what's going on in their lives and, and, and be there for them, attend their sports outings and, and, and be there uh, at their things that maybe maybe you don't like the things they do at school when you got to go to the, the where they sing and do all that I remember my dad used to say to Jody he said Jody I'll give you $25 if I don't have to come to that uh, thing you're doing at school <laughs> and Jody took it um, <laughs> but we used to go to all of Jody's uh, basketball games you believe it or not Jody played basketball for Eastern Mennonite High School in Harrisonburg and they weren't very good. Now, I haven't talked to Jody about this. I've already sat in two services, so I'm going to take the heat and hope that she's not watching online. She's at Jason's today at the church there. And uh, 
And uh, so we'd go to every game, every game. And they got the tar beat out of them. I mean, that, this is a little Christian school. They play all these county schools. And they went to Luray, Virginia. Now, if you live in Luray, you call it Luray. Uh, but if you don't, it's called Luray. Uh, but they went to Luray. And Luray always had a great basketball team. They beat the snot out of us when I was in high school as well. But this particular game, they were losing 52-2. to two. It was a rough game. And Jody... Uh, was playing, and she told me just a couple days ago. That's what made me think of. She said, I faked an injury, so, so they'd take me out of the game. <laughs> and she didn't have to play anymore. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I was feeling sorry for her. <laughs> but don't buy into the saying that says quality time is more important than quantity time. You know, the, the quanti- that's a lie that that we use as an excuse as a father. Well, I spend, I spend quality time. I don't spend much time, but the sp- time I spend is quality time, and I think that's a lie out of hell, really. You see, the quantity of time you spend with your children tells them how important they are to you. When you spend time with your children, they don't feel like an afterthought, or they won't uh, be an inconvenience, or they won't be an interruption to your busy schedule. You know, I, I had many kids in, in youth ministry say to me, they'd say, it seems like every time I want to do something or talk to my dad, I always feel like I'm interrupting them or I'm, I, I'm in their way and they don't have time for me. Don't give your children just your leftover time. Give your children your best time. Don't let work rob you of the time your children have, should have with you. You see, enjoy being a father and make sure they enjoy you being their father. Take time with them so when they look back on their childhood, they will say, my dad was fun to be around. My dad was fun to be around. He didn't shoo me off. He, he, he was fun and we'd do things together and we'd laugh together and we'd play ball together and we'd wrestle together and we'd do all these things. My dad would take me for tea time. Not golf tea time, but, you know, <laughs> do that too. Enjoy your children. And next, a good father listens to his children, which means you give them your undivided attention. That means when your children come to you, you don't have one eye on the TV and one eye on them or one eye on the cell phone and one eye on them. You know, when your children or your spouse comes to talk to you, it'd be a good idea if we just put down our phone and we turn off the TV and we give them our undivided attention. I, Gay came yesterday right before she went up to come to church. She said, I wish I was born in an age where there wasn't technology. And I thought, man, that's the truth. Because I realize my cell phone controls me. I mean, I don't go anywhere. I don't have a cell phone. If I was 10 miles from home and didn't have my cell phone I, and I was going to be late, I'd still turn around. And I value not being late. I'd still turn around and go back and get my cell phone. And as I was driving to church, and I'm not preaching against self, I'm just telling you my, my struggle with that. And I got to put it down as well. I was driving to church, and every car, I did a little survey on the way to church, from my house to church, and every car that I pulled up beside of, somebody in that car had their cell phone. Or even if it was a driver. I mean, and our kids, we need to give them our undivided attention. That's all I said that for. But... When they have a problem, when they're weary, when they're sad, when they're lonely, 
you know, when they're going through a difficult time, they don't need you to turn the TV on and entertain them with cartoons. They don't need us to buy them the latest video game to entertain themselves or a smartphone. You know, they don't need their best friends. They need their dad. You know, no matter what the, no matter what the culture tells us, Dad, our children need us. They need us to be present. They need us to listen to them. They, they, they need us to get involved with them and know what's going on in their, li in their lives. We need to listen to them. We, be, we need to be the kind of father that they can come to you and say anything that they need to say to you without being criticized, without telling them what they are doing wrong. They already know that. That's why they're coming to you where they don't get disciplined because they were bold enough and brave enough to come to you to talk to you about something. You know, they, you need to be a safe place for them to come. There's a time to correct. There's a time to discipline. But there's also a time to just drop it and listen. Just to drop it and listen and have empathy. And remember, you were a child. And remember some of the idiotic things that you did as a child. And realize that they are going to do some idiotic things as well. And you know how it would have been if you could have had a safe place, some of you. Proverbs says a wise man will hear and increase in learning. A good father not only listens to his children, but he trains his children as well. Ephesians 6.4 says, and fathers... Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, we have to teach and train our children to respect you, you know, and, and, and respect their mom in the home. You know, in so many homes, there's no respect shown. If we don't do that in the home, they won't show respect at school. They won't show respect at church. They won't show respect in their world if they don't see respect in the home and taught to respect. We need to teach our children that there are some boundaries in the home, that in this home there are rules. In this home you won't speak to your mom that way or you won't speak to me that way. There has to be a line. There has to be a line that you say to them, you cannot cross this line. You see, your children are going to test you. They're going to test you. And if they can't get it over on you, Dad, they're going to go to their mom. And they're going to try to get you to go against each other. And it's important, Dad, that you and your uh, wife, your spouse, in the same home, even if you're divorced, it'd be good, even if you're divorced from their mom and they spend a weekend here and a weekend there, I often wonder, why don't the children get a home and the, ch and the parents have to move over there on the weekend? You know, the children have to pack up all their stuff and go over to the other house. And I'm thinking, well, that seems weird. But anyway, that's not my business. Um, but you need to be on the same page because they'll test you. They'll test you. They're going to see how much they can get by with. And they're going to find out real quick, are you just threatening them or do you really mean it? And, and here's something that, you know, that um, I think is really, really important. Anytime you back down from the things of God in your home and you say, oh, okay, well, we'll just compromise that, the line will get further and further from God's standard. 
You do it once, you'll get father and father for God's standard. It's a, it's a father's, it's our responsibility to uphold the standards of God in our home. And not allow our kids to get away with that kind of situation. In many homes today, children have become the authority. And parents are submitting to their children. I mean, I, I heard this family say, right? I, I heard them say that, that, that their, their child doesn't want to come to church because they didn't like to go to church. And so they just decide, well, they won't go to church. And you might think, wow, but it happens in our homes where the children are now telling the parents what we're going to do and what we're not going to do, and we're submitting to our children. And that's upside down. You know, train your children to respect authority. Train them to, expect, uh, to respect authority. Earn their respect by being consistent and discipline them with love. If not, they will never respect the authority of God in their life. Next, a good father prays for his children. A good father prays for his children and with his children. I probably should have put it in there. David says, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Dads, pray for your children. You know, ask God to do for them what you, what, what you can't do. You know, there's things that we just can't seem to do. Well, ask God to help you to do it. As parents, we aren't perfect. And we all make mistakes. You know, if I had it to do over again, I can tell you there are many, 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 many things I would do differently. When I look back over my marriage and my home and all the mistakes and blunders and things that I did that I wish I could change that I can't change, I would do so many things differently. But maybe we've done the best we could. And what we did, we thought was the right thing to do. And we really thought we raised our children the best we know how. Many of us did. And if we're in that situation, we need to pray for them. We need to pray now for them. And, and because your Heavenly Father loves them in an excellent way. In a way that we can't really love our children. And He has more experience that, than we do. So pray that God will take all those well-intended efforts as a father and use them to bring your children into a relationship with him. And pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. You know, I've had, I've had people say to me, well, I didn't know I could pray for myself. Man, I'd be lost. I couldn't pray for myself. Pray for yourself. Pray for wisdom. You don't know how to handle a situation? Pray for wisdom. Pray for strength, because it takes strength to be a father, a good father. And pray for courage in the areas you're weak in. Be a good father and pray for your children and pray with your children. Be a good father to your children by being a positive role model. A positive role model. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You see, good fathers don't take the approach to say, uh, uh, Approach of do as I say and not what I do. You ever used that one? Ever been used on you? I say, uh, uh, not what I do, what I say, not what I do. But they lead by example. In other words, if you don't want your children to smoke, don't smoke. If you don't want your children to drink alcohol, don't drink alcohol. If you don't want your children to watch certain movies, don't watch them in your home. It amazes me. 
the kind of things that we allow our children to sit in front of the TV and watch, and we say to them, you go to bed, you shouldn't be watching this. And all they're thinking is, well, if they can watch it, why can't I? You know, if you don't want your children to do certain things on the Internet, don't do certain things on the Internet. Be a positive role model. Fathers, teach your children, more importantly, to walk in the ways of the Lord. That's the most important thing that we can do for our children, is model how we can walk in the ways of the Lord, how they can walk in the ways of the Lord. Whether you like it or not, you're a role model for your children. And I don't know, I, didn't even, I never planned to say this, but I've said it, I think, in all three services. You know, I love the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's my team. Love them or hate them. You know, that's got to be better than being a Cowboy fan, is all I can say. But anyway, I do not, listen to me, folks, I do not want LeBron James to be my hero for my grandkids. I do not want LeBron James to be their role model. And we, for some reason, we have given that role to sports figures to be our children's role models. And to me, that's one of the most ridiculous things that we can do is to expect these guys or these girls out there that don't give a rip about God or anything, and I'm not saying LeBron does or don't, I don't know, but I don't want him or any other sports star to be my hero, the hero for my grandkids. I want to be their hero. I want... First, for Jason to be their hero and be their role model. I don't want them looking to some sports star. You know, we put these jerseys on, we pay hundreds of dollars for, and fathers, we make them our role model, and then what do our kids say? Well, man, I want, I want that person to be my role model. It's our responsibility as fathers to be the role model of our children, not some sports star, not some Hollywood actress or actor. That's enough, right? You know, whether you know it, whether you know it or not, or mean it or not, you're influencing the lives of your children and your children's children. A good father prepares his children for the future. Proverbs 23, 24 says, The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. You see, fathers, you and I are preparing our children to leave home someday. They do leave home. That's, that's the way God set it up. Yeah, well, well soon, soon. That's why it's important that you train your children how to live without living in the home. I never forget Rick Warnke, not Rick Warnke, how do I call it? Mike Warnke. He was the first Christian comedian I ever heard in my life. He came to our church back a few years ago, and he, and he said this. He said, you know, children today leave home at some point, but the problem is they come back home and bring more people with them. <laughs> but it, it is really our responsibility to teach our children how to live on their own, how to, how to take care of themselves. And they take what they've learned from you to do that and, and begin to, they'll begin to apply it out in the real world. You know, moms, dads, especially speaking to dads today, you've got maybe between 15 and eight years, 18 years old to get them ready. And, and, and the reality of that is maybe it's not even that old. I don't know when children really quit listening to their parents. And, but I know that you'll always be the role model. But... 
You know, uh, Billy Graham's wife said one time, she said that uh, at about 13 or 14 years old, we need to stop trying to train our children and start listening to what our children need from us to be successful. But you know, I, I used to have parents come to me and say, I can't believe my kid turned 13 years old and I can't believe how they're acting. And here was always my response. I wasn't the most biblical answered guy in the world always. But I said to them, the blood quits going to the brain at 13. It just stops flowing. But hold on, it's going to come back one day, and it's going to start flowing again at 30, yeah, <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> sometimes a little older. I, I, remember my, uh, I remember a relative of mine who said that his blood didn't start flowing back in his brain until he was 40, so he says his kid's still got a chance. <laughs> but it will, it will, if we prepare them. You know, if we prepare them for life, you know, preparing them from life away from you is only, though, part of the picture. If you don't spend time preparing them for eternity, we're making a huge, huge mistake as a father. No matter how much we don't want that role, dads, God put us in the role to teach our children and prepare them for eternity. It is not the mom's job. It's the dad's job along with the mom, to do that together. You know, I, uh, and I, I don't know how well we're doing that. You know, I think about church, and I think about church attendance. This might not mean anything to you, but it means a lot to me. The biggest attendance day of the church year is Christmas. The second largest attendance day of the church is Easter. You know what the third day is? Mother's Day. You know what one of the least attendant days is in the church? Father's Day. Because mama says, you say to mama, what you want for Mother's Day? And they say, I want all of you to go to church with me. You know what dad says? I want to go golfing. I want to go do a cookout. I want to go to the beach. I want to do this. And I commend you fathers for being here today. And spouse, if your father, if your husband and the father of your children is here today, you ought to pat them on the back and tell them just how proud you are of them. That they want to be here today and not down at the beach. Because that's what most fathers choose. Honestly, as heartbreaking as it is, that's enough. Because <laughs> I have to stop myself. Because <laughs> I could really, you know, get going and say things I wish I wouldn't have said. But really, if you're not modeling what it means to be a godly father, your children won't, most likely won't grow up to love God. You know, and I'm not saying this to you that are here, fathers, but I'm saying that you have the biggest influence of your children when it comes to whether they're going to be godly children or not. I, I used this survey, but I read this survey uh, recently. I wasn't going to use it, but I used it last service. I just feel like again. But do you know that if, Mom, if you get up every Sunday and you spit shine your kids and you do what all you do, your mom ever to go, that's called spit shining them. Uh, when they got a little something on their face, and you spit on your finger and wipe it off. But anyway, y'all ever spit shine? I have. Uh, but anyway, you can come to church every Sunday, and when your kids grow up and leave home, 40% of the time, they'll come back to church. But you know, if a dad gets up every morning and he says, Mom, Dad, I'm going to church, and we're going to be in church when we have church, that 90% of the kids that grow up in that kind of home where the dad leads the way and goes to church every Sunday, 90% of those kids will go to church as an adult. If that don't tell you the influence that we have with our children, I don't know what else to say. 
we have to prepare our children for eternity. I think the eternal destiny of many of our children rests in our lives. It's a huge responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. But I just believe God didn't give you your children to prepare, to, to prepare them to be a doctor. I don't believe that God gave you your children to prepare them to be a teacher or a plumber. God gave you your children to prepare them for eternity. And it's not easy being a good father. But with God's help, you can do it. And maybe you didn't do too well. It's not too late. It's not too late to do well. You're still the number one influence in your children's life. And I think if you messed up, it's not too late to fix it up. As long as we got a prayer and we got breath in our lungs, we can make it right. Our children are the most forgiving people in the whole world. You know, I go to Jody and I say, Jody, I'm sorry. I did such and such to you as a child. I say, oh, Dad, I forgive you. Sometimes I wish you wouldn't let me off the hook too easy. It's not too late to be a good father. A good, good father. I love that song. Good, good father. I should have asked for that this week. I will leave you two thoughts today. First, dads, don't buy into how the world portrays you as a father. You're not dumb. You're not an idiot. You're not useless. You're not some goofy guy. Study after study, as I said earlier, shows the importance of fathers in the lives of their children. And dad, remember this. You're as equally important in the lives of your children as their mom. Sometimes as dads, we just default to the mom. We think, well, mom, you know. But we're as equally important. It's not all the mom's responsibility. We have a responsibility and equally important. So let's just step it up around, okay? I mean, let's just step it up. I mean, if you're a father and you're here today, I commend you, and I believe there's many, many. I'm not here to discourage you. I want to encourage you. I want to be a help to you today as a father. Because I've been to church where the pastor just beats the snot out of you as Father's Day. And that's not what I'm trying to do today. I just really want to help us be better fathers. So we can step it up. Be a better father. Which leads me to my second thought. Dads, in the blink of an eye, in the blink of an eye, you know how fast that is, in the blink of an eye, your children will be all grown up. They'll be grown up. They'll be gone. Out of the house. Hopefully, right? Hopefully. <laughs> Married with a family of their own. So don't waste the time you have with them today. Don't waste the time that you have with them today. Make the most of these moments, folks. Dads, make the most of these moments because really moments are all we have. And in the blink of an eye, those moments are gone. And these, if you have children in your homes, these are the best moments of your life. The best moments of your life. I really believe that. When you get my age, and I'm getting pretty old, when you get my age, I can promise you it won't matter if you built a great church. 
it won't matter if you uh, have a great career and you've been successful and you got all the best of everything. You live in the best neighborhood and have the best car and have the best job and you have all the best or you have a great retirement. All that won't matter. I can promise you that. What will matter most is that if, will your children take time on Father's Day to, to honor you as a good father? Because you were a good father when they were growing up. And I can promise you that will be what matters most when you're 64 years old. It won't be anything else. Was I a good husband? Was I a good father? Because that's all that really matters in my life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for being here with us this morning. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name. What I want to do, if you will, fathers, I'd like for you to come up front here. You don't have to do anything. We're not going to embarrass you. I'm going to ask Gay to come and pray for all of us as fathers. I need prayer. We all need prayer. So dads, if we just take time to come on up front. Hey, thank you, man. Happy Father's Day to you too. Thank you. Rich, I think you ought to go up front. Kelly, Tim, I think we could do without the sound. Donnie, I think all fathers, you can come on up. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful sight right here. Fathers that have not only come to church today, but have come forward and together, Father, we are in your presence. God, I thank you so much that you're the perfect father, the only one, the only perfect father that any father can look to as an example, as a hero, as a role model. And so, Father, I pray for each father here this morning that they would look to you first, even before their children, before their families, so that, Lord, they can be the father to their families that you designed them to be. Father, I thank you so much for the families that they represent, for all the mothers that are represented here. But Lord, I also ask that you would bless each father. I know that it is um, a daunting role to carry out. And I know, Lord, that there are times when they just feel like a complete failure, other times when they feel like they've done okay. But Lord, I just pray that they can detach from that and see themselves as the person that you've created them to be. Lord, I lift all the fathers of, of these fathers up to you right now, Lord. No matter what that relationship was like, Father, I pray that there be restoration, reconciliation, because none of us have had perfect parents. But Lord, I pray that you would lead us, lead them in a path that would bring wholeness and completeness. And then once again, Lord, I lift each man here that's standing here together in your presence that have been bold enough to walk forward and say, yeah, I, I want to be under, under God's leading in prayer with, with one another. And I just uh, hand them over to you. I ask that you bless them, that you would honor them, that you would wrap your loving arms of protection around them, that they could be vulnerable with you, that in those moments, Lord, that they may feel hopeless or helpless, even in those moments when they're at the top of the mountain, Lord, just be with them and give them a sense of your presence. 
I pray that each one will call upon you in difficult times and good times, that there would be a spirit in each home, Lord, uh, that would that would be the spirit of God. And Lord, I just pray once again, placing them into your hands. We give them honor today, Lord. We give them uh, their due. Be with them as we leave this place and remember that they can remember that we can, we've been in the presence of the Lord. You've challenged us, Father. Hopefully there's an encouragement that says we can do this. We can do this together. So we love you. We give you all the honor and all the glory for what's happened here today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, guess what? You get a hot dog on the way out. Is that a reward or what? <laughs> and you'll say, I've been so glad I've been to Salem Fields today. We're going to stand together. Don't leave. Let's worship together. Okay, let's stand together and worship.
I just pray that you just be with every single person here, Father. God, let them just recognize in whatever facet of life, whether it's a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, God. God, that you're never going to leave our side. You're never going to let us down. You will help us navigate through this life, Lord. So we surrender and yield to you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. Happy Father's Day. Go out and get a hot dog as you leave. We love you guys. God bless you. I'll see you right back here next weekend.